welcome to a special edition of the Richard Hunter interview in recognition of International Women's Day. As ever, this is a place where I discuss matters of interest with a whole range of investment experts. In this episode, I'm pleased to be joined by Audrey Ryan, Fund Manager of the Aegon Ethical Equity Fund. Audrey is an investment manager in the Aegon Equities team with responsibility for managing several funds. In addition, Audrey has analysis duties for the travel and leisure sector and is a small cap specialist. She joined Aegon in 1997 from General Accident, where she was a UK small company's portfolio manager. Audrey studied accounting at Napier University, is a qualified chartered accountant and has a master's degree in investment analysis. She has 25 years of industry experience. So moving straight into the uh, ethical equity fund, um, what would you say is the investment style and and what are the objectives for the fund? Um, So as you rightly say, I've been managing um, our ethical equity fund for really since 1999. Um, And I guess the objective of the fund is, um, so it's an actively managed UK focused fund um, driven by client led exclusions. And um, we're very much aiming to invest in companies that we deem uh, to not be harmful to the environment or society um, at large, whether that be through the activities they undertake, the products they sell or the services that they provide. So, um, you know, we have a 30 year heritage in responsible investing at Aegon Asset Management. Um, As you rightly say, uh, this fund is more than three decades old and was one of the first um, to market. Um, Since then, we've really built upon our best practice and our best process, um, actually with many of the same individuals within our business and um, widened our product offering across asset classes um, to, I would say, really um, provide our clients with a range of ethical and sustainable uh, products um, for investment and very successfully gathered assets on that. So um, I guess perhaps jumping back to the client-led exclusions um, basis of the fund, we have 12 proprietary screens that uh, we we screen uh, based on, and um, we actively re-engage with our clients on those on a two-year cycle. Um, So we believe that keeps them very relevant and very much aligned to our clients' views. Um, Our experience in the marketplace is, you know, one size does not fit all in the ethical and sustainable investing uh, remit, Um, you know, hence the range range of products that we offer our clients. Um, But the the, the continual feedback we get on our ethical equity product is it's very clear and very transparent with regards to the criteria and the screening approach that we have. So, you know, this is a fundamental, actively managed uh, bottom-up stock picking fund, um, which integrates um, ESG within its analysis. Okay, so so with that in mind, I mean, obviously the fund's UK focused, but how, how does the, the kind of sector and, and market cap allocations break down? What, what does the fund look like? Yeah, so once we do the ethical screening work, that is carried out at the, the, the forefront um, of, 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 the, of the process. So, you know, my starting point as a fund manager is the list of in you know the investable stocks as it were to deliver performance for our clients so you know once we do the screening work um you know we do have um slightly more limited access to 
you know, sectors such as oil and gas, mining, some of the traditional defensive type sectors, pharmaceuticals, aerospace, tobacco, beverages, as you would imagine. So, you know, once we do all that, once we choose where our suitable investment opportunities are, then the positioning in the fund is slightly more biased towards UK small and mid-cap stocks. So as at the end of February, as an example, um, 39% of the fund was invested in the FTSE 100 names. Um, the benchmark weighting, for example, would have that would be closer to 80%. Um, we had um, over 40% in the mid-cap arena um, and 12% in the AIM listed market, which we find is a very attractive hunting ground for um, investment ideas. So, you know, a balance towards, a, you know, more of a bias towards UK small and mid-cap stocks. Um, in terms of sector exposure, um, the largest sector overweights were in or are in um, software and computer services, uh, support services, uh, media, financial services, and life insurance Um so that, I hope, gives you a flavor of the positioning in the front. It's relatively concentrated by a number of stocks. We have just over 60 names um, in the fund at the moment. Um, and I guess in terms of style, um, you know, the fund is overweight growth. Um, as I say, overweight small and mid-cap stocks and has slightly more of a bias towards domestically focused businesses. Um, and at the moment, we have a cyclical tilt uh, within the fund. Okay, so drilling down just a, a little bit further, could you maybe talk us through um, one or two of your, your top holdings, perhaps um, why they rate as ethical and obviously why also that you feel that they uh, they deserve to be there? Yeah, a- a- absolutely. So the top 10 positions in the fund account for just over 30% of, of the entire fund. Um, the largest absolute position in the fund at the moment is a business called uh, GB Group. Um, They are a global identity verification and fraud detection business, Um, market cap uh, just about one and a half billion. Um, And I guess in in, in the remit we have within that top 10, I think there's a nice mix of internationally diverse growth companies combined with um, some of the more I would say UK-centric names. So, you know, London Stock Exchange is in there. Um, Aveva, um, the, uh, the the software business primarily for the process industries. And Grafton, which is the UK and Irish uh, builders merchant. But perhaps just drilling on, perhaps, you know, one stop within that. Gamma Communications is a business we own in the fund. It is AIM-listed, um, over $1.5 billion market cap. And it's a stock we've owned in the fund for, you know, coming up for two and a half years now. Um, and this is a disruptive digital communications business. So, you know, their solutions allow um, their businesses to communicate and collaborate and, you know, offer uh, better uh, customer service. So, you know, we believe this is a structural growth business. Um, you know, virtual communications is, is very important in the world we are living and, and working in today. Um, they have a very large, in our opinion, target addressable market. Um, And they've been complementing their organic growth with acquisition-led growth, some of it in Europe, but also uh, some within the UK. So we believe the kind of attractive fundamentals for that business um, was not fully reflected in the earnings forecasts. um, And uh, we believe we could see 
positive earnings momentum coming through from, you know, greater product penetration, new product innovation, uh, but also that kind of international growth angle as they develop the footprint um, within Europe. Um, so, you know, it has performed well since we invested, but we still think there is further upside to come from the kind of positive earnings momentum. It's very interesting from, from the list of some of the stocks you were mentioning there. I wonder, and obviously you're the expert in the field, whether it's it's not so much a question of companies being out and out ethical, but not being unethical to, to have inclusion. Yeah, I, I think that's, that's a very fair comment. And I guess as you spoke about slightly earlier, the screening process comes at the outset um, of, of what we do. And then there is a list of investable stocks. I'm very much the fund manager. Um, I do not get involved in the day-to-day um, ethical research work, which is done by, you know, very diligently by my colleagues. So my focus is, Audrey, this is a list of stocks that you can invest in deliver returns for your clients. But, you know, as you can see, we are investing in companies that don't breach our criteria. Um, And very often people think because it's client-led exclusions, you know, you cannot invest in companies that are doing good. I would say that that's absolutely not the case. You know, we can can invest in companies that are doing good or are making a positive impact to society or the environment. And, you know, when, when I talk to clients, the examples I would give is, you know, the investment we make in some, you know, businesses that, you know, have have um, social housing exposure or are involved in health and well-being, you know, educational support, those types of examples. So, you know, yes, we're very keen to invest in these spaces, but, you know, as fund manager, clearly I'm investing in companies that I believe I can get an investment return for our clients. Now, obviously, we've had a, a, an extraordinary 2020. Um, how have you found that the fund's been holding up during those uh, extraordinary months? And, and did it actually maybe even give you some opportunities to, to pick up some new? holdings yeah well i mean yeah having done having managed this fund through you know for 20 years in a variety of different i guess financial economic and indeed market backdrops you know last year really was uh, somewhat um unprecedented and i think it's fair to say that i've got a few more gray hairs today than i had uh, 12 months ago um but you know we we delivered um strong absolute and relative returns in 19 um 2020 was slightly more challenging for the fund Uh, but having said that you know the fund outperformed the the FTSE all share uh, by nine percent um last year and uh, the investment association UKL companies median fund by close to seven percent so you know whilst absolute returns were not as strong as I would have liked them to be the relative performance was very strong and really in terms of what was driving that performance two-thirds of it was coming from uh, stock selection um so, you know, all in all, uh, relatively pleasing. Um, but, you know, the fund, is fair to say, did give up a little bit of ground during the final quarter of 2020 with that kind of uh, style rotation um, we saw in the marketplace. Um, but really in line with the expectations I have in terms of the positioning um, within the fund. Um, in terms of shape of the fund, we have been pretty active in terms of, you know, adding to really since kind of middle of Q2 last year, 
um, selectively to some of uh, the stocks that we believe will be, you know, beneficiaries as we work through the pandemic, some of the recovery names and also some of the, I guess, activity related um, cyclicals. So we've been adding to those, I guess, primarily um, at the outset to stocks that we owned within the fund. But then as as the year progressed, we were quite keen to add to new positions. Um, and an example there would be Whitbread. Um, I'm sure uh, many of you are familiar with the kind of premier in brand. Um, and I added that to the fund in Q4 of last year um, because, you know, I very strongly believe they will emerge from the crisis as a stronger player. And that, I believe, is not fully reflected in the valuation. I'm very interested to get your outlook from here, not, not just on the fund itself, but obviously ESG in general is becoming more and more mainstream. And certainly the company uh, reports that I'm reading, almost without exception at the moment, have a section set aside to what steps they're taking in terms of ESG. Do you think that will open up your universe as time goes on? Because ESG increasingly, of course, uh, just cannot be ignored. I guess the, the, the advantage that we have as an organisation is that, you know, we've been doing this for, for a very long time, you know, assessing the environmental, the social and the governance impact for our actively managed funds. So, you know, I would say we're very well placed in this in this environment and our kind of wide product suite, you know, I hope covers the demand that we see generally with, with, within the marketplace. Um, I guess in terms of for the ethical equity fund that we're focusing on today, um, you know, we, we are very clear about the screening process that we undertake. And as I said, you know, and in, in, I think in your opening question, um, we want to keep it very relevant and very fit for purpose in the environment that we are in today. And we're actually, we've just um, just finished our most recent um, engagement survey with our clients and we'll share the feedback with the market over the next few months. So yes, I think there are, you know, further opportunities for um, for all our funds in the marketplace. But I, I think it is fair to say that um, being very clear about the screening, what we are undertaking is, is very valuable um, to, to, to our clients. And, you know, we've seen, as you rightly say, lots of new fund launches in the marketplace, um, some rebadging of, of existing funds. Um, and I guess, you know, the resounding feedback we get from our clients is we know exactly what you're aiming to do with your funds. Um, and I just encourage clients to, you know, I guess, lift the bonnet and look underneath in terms of what uh, many of these funds are aiming to achieve. And, you know, I think one has to be very clear that they are, you know, um, they are doing uh, what they say they are doing. But I think, you know, we, we are very clear and transparent about what we're aiming to achieve with all our, our products in the ESG space. But you know, again, the momentum is very much there in terms of client interest and flows into the space. And um, I guess the interactions I have with clients and what I see in the marketplace, there's nothing to suggest that that will not uh, continue to be the case um, going forward. You know, clearly we've got government supports globally now, regulation is is, is evolving um, and people must, of course, uh, take ESG into into consideration, um, you know, uh, f for clients. And finally, Audrey, and, and more broadly, obviously the fund management industry um, is, is very much a male-dominated field at the moment. Do you think maybe in 10 years' time we'll have made some progress and that there'll be a 
maybe a greater percentage of female fund managers such as yourself? Yes, I think, I mean, that is something that we we discuss and debate um, quite a lot internally. Um, you may be aware, but we are, Egon Asset Management are a member of the diversity project that's ongoing at the moment. So that's a kind of a cross company, as it were, initiative. And the aim is, is to accelerate uh, progress towards, I guess, a more inclusive culture in in the investment profession generally, um, and really to create a more diverse industry. So, you know, we are part of that. And as part of that project, the aim is to have more female fund managers um, by 2030. The aim is to get that up to 30%. Um, My personal view is that that may be slightly ambitious, but, you know, I like to see targets in place for, you know, companies to work too. And, you know, I I guess we as a business, you know, work hard to encourage um, more ladies um, into the industry. and, um, you know, uh, on the UK equity team that we have at Egon Asset Management, there's a team of eight. Two of us are, are ladies. So, you know, the balance there is, is, is pretty good. Um, and the most recent individual we, uh, we recruited to our international equity desk actually was a lady. So, you know, we're working hard, I guess, to, uh, to develop that, um, to encourage. And we as a business um, go and speak to, you know, uh, schools and students in terms of really just kind of highlighting the opportunities within the industry, talking about, you know, the work-life balance that can be achieved. And I guess, you know, really just highlighting the career path that, you know, females can have within the industry. And I think that kind of good work is very relevant and we continue to do um, more of that. Um, I think it's fair to say, though, that, you know, we think about diversity in its widest sense. So clearly gender is part of it, but, you know, we also think about race and ethnicity as well. Um, And, you know, we believe that having a more inclusive and diverse organisation, you know, brings different perspectives to to, to the organisation, which, you know, we think is important important for uh, decision making Um, and you know we are actively um, encouraging uh, more inclusivity um, within the business um, and you know strengthening the kind of self-awareness and really to avoid biases so you know um, I think it's about the kind of wider picture on diversity I mean Egon Asset Management on the female side actually had a target of having 30% um, female um, representation on kind of senior management um, roles um, and we achieved that on target by the end of 20. So, you know, something we, we, we think about for our business, but absolutely for the industry um, as a whole. Promising signs indeed. Um, I'm afraid that's all we've got time for. So I must say many thanks again for your time, Audrey, and, and for those uh, valuable insights. That was Audrey Ryan, fund manager of the Aegon Ethical Equity Fund. Uh, thank you for listening. Please feel free to like and subscribe. And of course, you can find much more, by the way, of investment insights and ideas at ii.co.uk. Do join us next time for another Richard Hunter interview. Bye for now.